Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. It's 40-something. Me in the dark, ready to rock. We're having the questions coming in thick and fast these days, so thank you so much for that. People are really enjoying uh, being able to just drop us their questions and get an answer from a couple of uh, duffers like us, Mark. <laughs> you said it, it's absolutely right. Anyway, what's been happening with you recently? I've got nothing new to say, so what's happening with you? Oh, I'm sure that's not true, you GPs, man. It's a roller coaster ride. With me, Mark, just ticking over, trying to keep everything simple. I've given myself a time allocation for email um, at the moment, and I'm trying to do 20 minutes a day on there. I have a program on my computer which monitors all my activity and I see it as a big waste of time. I'm constantly, you know, if I get four or 500 emails in a week, I can say like 80% of that will be absolute rubbish. And, you know, i got to kind of wade through all that. So I'm simplifying things. I'm not checking it more than once a day and I'm giving myself a time limit. Uh, I'm going through it and being a lot more ruthless and just kind of doing it like that. And the same with the social media, which I've been doing that for a while. And on my days off, they are days off and I'm not going to be answering text messages or calls or anything. It's time off because these types of businesses it can spill over and start to creep into the weekend and I'm with my kids and my wife and I'm answering text messages about X, Y or Z and it's not fair. Um, it's not fair to me, it's not fair to them and it was not fair to the client because I'm not giving them a proper answer. So people don't need me, I'm not an emergency service, they can do without me for 24, 36 hours. So yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of going at the moment, simplifying things and trying to be more efficient because it's, it's busy, you know. What about revolutionary health? What's going on there? Well, I'm glad you said that because uh, this isn't pre blood. We're um, we're looking. If anyone out there is diabetic, oh yeah, if they're, if they're diabetic and not on insulin, we'd like to hear from you. Go to our contact page because we've got a. a an offer at the moment. It's not actually on the website, but we're basically going to try and get some people to go into remission with their diabetes just with diet alone. We've done it in the practice. We've done it with a few clients of Revolution Health. We want to get a big base of people who have been put into remission, not on any drugs, not on any uh, any medication at all for their diabetes, and are just living a normal, healthy life okay. after their dietary intervention. So if you are interested in uh, getting off your drugs for diabetes, or if you're pre-diabetic and want to get off your drugs, I want to get back to a normal lifestyle. 
just just come in on the contact page. There's no obligation. We'll give you the information. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're trying to get enough enough people so that we can actually go out there and say to people, look, you're eating the wrong things. You don't need these drugs. You need to just sort your diet out and become non-diabetic. And that's, I mean, it's it's, it's the worst thing that's happening. I mean, smoking is now sort of on its last rights, or hopefully it's on its last rights. Diabetes has become the big killer now out there. Mark, I've lost my soapbox now. But anyone no. who wants to contact us, contact Revolution Health. We'll help them with their diabetes. Mate, I, as I said when you mentioned it, I think it's a wonderful idea, and the way I can see it working is if it was almost Weight Watchers for diabetics. Yeah, it's. I mean, basically if what in a in a bit of a nutshell sort of thing, you know. But yeah, but what we're going to do the is format. Yeah, give us, their, give us what they've eaten in the week. We tell them where they're going right or going wrong. And give us some ideas, and then they go back and they give us the next weeks, and so on and so on. It worked for quite a few people I've seen, and these people have, have, are no longer diabetic. I mean, if great, they well, that's that's great, right? But what we need as well on top of that is we need a local group in South Wales that we can go and each week we can have it like a proper diet club because these diet clubs are successful because it's a nice, warm, comfortable room where it's just mostly other women and they can come and not get judged or anything like that. They can have a way, they can have a bit of a chat about whatever it is the topic of choices that night, but they can also then get the, the specific advice from you. So anyway, we'll speak about that more off, off, kind, of, but off um, kind of the podcast, but amazing idea. I think it's going to fly, to be perfectly yeah, honest. It's, 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 it's only you who can really do that sort of stuff because yeah, I couldn't yeah. do that. As much as I'm qualified to work with diabetics and things like that, I can't discuss people's medication with them or I can't be you know everybody I can have a chat with them about it but I have to say we have to do that ultimately through your doctor and it's great to have you there then um, to kind of negate uh, that so wonderful I will definitely be able to fill a group up I reckon well just just the people who are not in South Wales or yes because there are people out there, especially blokes, who don't really want to go. Totally, to they just want to do it privately, and they want to do it just you and them over the over yeah. the thing. Definitely, yeah. So, get, it, people, if you're out there and you are uh, even pre-diabetics and you just want some information about this, just go onto the Revolutionary Health website, you know, revolutionaryhealth.co.uk. Drop us a contact detail, and I'll get back to them. So that's just, and then we can go. Yes, from there. yeah, definitely, brilliant. Okie dokie. Um, first question then. From Mike, hi Richard Mark, I was wondering if you could fill me in on why I need to eat carbs and protein after my workout. Do you have any quick meal ideas, recovery hacks, a science lesson? Oh, I don't want much then, Steve, pal. Steve, 37. Oh, oh Steve, 37. From Mike, 37. Okay. Go away. Go, go for it. You, you go for it. Go on. Uh, you don't have to eat anything after your workout. Okay, if you're you know, trying to lose weight, you can not eat after you work out. There's no rule that says it, but general advice, even for people who are on a weight loss, if they were low carb in it all the rest of the time or no carb in it and all this sort of stuff and they're getting their kind of glucose and their insulin sensitivity fixed up, then you'd still probably put stuff in post-workout. Post-workout, what you're trying to do is protect your muscles and by eating carbohydrates, you do that. So, your glycogen stores are usually low or, or empty at the end of exercise and if they are empty then your body will start to eat itself 
Now that is good if for weight loss, but long term you are actually eating away the muscle and you're probably not losing as, as much fat as you'd like. So the carbs after training, your body will take them up uh, very readily. Uh, you have a lessened insulin response, so the insulin response is slightly muted, especially if you have it like immediately uh, when you finish exercise. So people, the, the recommendation is uh, about maybe 30 to 40 grams of carbohydrates, uh, 10 uh, grams to 15 grams of fast-release protein, and that's what you'd have in like a liquid thing for, for the recovery side of it. Then post-workout meal an hour later, you can have, you know, whatever you like really, but steak, uh, salad, and some rice or potatoes. And again, some rice or potatoes depends on if you're lean, plenty. If you're not so lean and you're trying to drop, then just a, a small portion of potatoes. So recovery hacks, I love this word now, people have got uh, like cheat or whatever. Recovery hacks, if you're at a level where you need to recover and you've trained that hard and you've got to be ready for football or rugby, whatever it is, then the best recovery is to put three grams or uh, half a teaspoon of creatine in with your post-workout drink that will mute the inflammatory response. Also, instead of just stopping your exercise session on a button, you should wind down. And if you can wind down in a pool or a sauna or something like that, you'll have a much better recovery. Skins, we already mentioned, I think, in the podcast previous to this. And if you really want to be you know, good about it, you can do either contrast showers or cold water submersion. So contrast showers are where you basically turn the shower on cold after you've had your hot shower, turn the shower on cold, and then cover one leg uh, with the cold shower for a minute or so, and then swap to the other leg and go back and forth between your legs, quads or hammies or whatever's at the tuning. Think other recovery stuff, sleep and, and massage. The, the other things, I do a lot of this work. I work with a young athlete at the really good standard and he utilizes all the, those techniques. Anything, Mark? Yeah, I mean, everything I do is after I've done a workout, I tend to stretch it because that stops me going back in and doing other things like looking at email. So I tend to do a bit of stretching, which just slows me down and just relaxes me. And then I tend to go in the shower on a warm shower and then just slowly get it colder and colder and colder until I'm in a cold shower. And that tends to make me, you know, wakes me up again and gets me going. Brilliant. That's, yeah. that's what I do. Yeah, I didn't mention the stretch, and that's fantastic. So, uh, totally. So, integrate that into that wind down, guys, and, and all these things are going to help to dissipate um, the inflammation and um, help you relax um, aches the next day, hopefully. Good. Can I, can I just interrupt? Yeah. I just thought something. When I was going out my soapbox about wanting to get diabetics to contact us, I don't want any insulin control diabetics because this, this is actual progress. Yeah, you did say, uh, but just in case, yeah, anybody missed that, yeah, no. Yeah. Injectors. No, yeah, no, not for people who are on insulin. They can be on Bieta, which is an injectable, but not insulin. All oh, right, tell me about that. Well, Bieta is a, a, a drug that um, it's uh, it, it basically is used in people who are 
very obese diabetics. It's, it's, a, it's a different way of lowering their blood sugar, and it does seem to help them with weight loss. I mean, the actual mechanism of it is quite complicated. But, but it's not insulin. It's not insulin, no. Wow. So there are people out there who will be on Viator or one of the other, uh, Ligracinide is, is, is the proper name of it, but it, they, they, they're okay, we can use those. And sorry to stay on this topic slightly, so what, through what pathway is this drug acting, what is it affecting? Well, Viator? Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's new on uh, me, so I just like so what? No, no. So what's it doing? Like something on the glucose sensitivity, or no? It's basically injectable medicine that um, uh, is used with diet, but it's not, it's not insulin. And basically, what it is is it, I don't know how it works. I'm just reading how it works. Yes, of. yeah, have a read. Um, we can't know everything. We're not bloody encyclopedias, yeah. I, should, I should know it's what but I can't remember. <laughs> Mate, I have to do my my revalidations every four years, and I still have to get the books out. I yeah, I have to revise, otherwise I won't pass that stuff, you know. So that's the reality, mate. Nobody's a machine. Ah, right. So it increases the natural production. So it increases the production of insulin, yeah. Right, through a natural pathway, so it's kind of stimulating the pancreas into producing a bit more, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there are there are. There are better ways of um, helping the diabetes of biota, but biota is, is, a, is in general. We can yeah. get people off their biota and their, all their other drugs if they stick to the diet plan. But brilliant, uh, brilliant. that's, that's, that's yeah. I'll, I'll stop going on about it now. No, Let's no, so that's great. I just learned something. There's no, no need to apologize at all. That's wonderful. People will love that. Okay. Okay, off my mate Dino. Morning, kid. Question for you. Did the 10K last week. I'm out of shape and a bit heavy. Towards the end of the race, I felt pain in an outer aspect of my soleus, but it was okay to finish the race. I jogged slowly after the race with no discomfort. I had two days off and then ran easy on Wednesday with no soreness at all. I ran again on Friday, very easy, but had to stop after a mile with discomfort in the same region as I felt in the race. I stopped immediately and walked home. I was hoping to do a cross-country race today, which was Sunday, but not sure what to do. I've got nothing riding on the race and I'm out of shape. What do you recommend? So these are the questions I get. Um, and I didn't pick this up in time to get back to Dean on Sunday, but because I, I just switched my phone off basically Saturday afternoon till Monday. And what I have said to him since, and he made the right decision, he didn't do the race and he was right not to and I would have said exactly the same he's got nothing riding on it he's got a little niggle he's out of shape so there's no point having a race because it'll put you in an environment where you could actually make it go properly because at the moment it sounds like it's at a low level so back off get yourself back on your diet and everything will sort itself out for you. He's, uh, he works as a policeman, uh, he's got two young children, he's an iron man and he overdoes it and it's hard to always stick to your diet but he's a good guy and I didn't text him out, I text him some real abusive stuff like um, watch out otherwise you're going to be as fat as and I can't mention that person's name and da 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 da, da and, I, and you know a few swear words in there and stuff so yeah what would you have said to him Mark if he'd have texted you? I'd ask, 
I, see if you where Isonius was first. <laughs> the podcast, I don't even know where Isonius is. But yeah, the calf goes into a specific area of the calf and the lower it, leg. Good, Mark. It, Good. It yeah. basically sits underneath your uh, it's, it's, uh, your calf muscle. It's made up of two muscles. Yeah, gastrocnemius, everyone knows about, mm. and Isonius. Mm. It basically makes your your toes go down. It makes you be able to stand on tippy toes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can't, if you can't start tippy toes, it doesn't damage to your soleus. That's the best way of remembering it, where yeah. it hurts. Very so often, okay. yeah, people it's think fine. it's a calf when it's not. No, it's, it's, it's a soleus, yeah. So, yeah. Very, very often I get that. It's the, the proximal end or the, the top end of the soleus as you're kind of standing up. That is the most area prone to injury sort of in my general experience with these guys over the years, you know. So uh, quite often a bit of foam rolling and ice and just back off can fix that stuff up. So he's booked in for a massage now and I will uh, get the ball rolling. The, the other thing, I mean, I mean, a couple of podcasts ago, I've about uh, those oils being dirty tracks. First thing most people do when they get an injury like this is take another oil, where it's been proven that anti-inflammatories are counterproductive for the first 48 hours after an injury. Mm. So, if, so you mustn't you mustn't take an anti-inflammatory the first forty-eight hours after an injury. No, no. You just write, you know, right, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Yeah, ice all the way, guys, or cold water, submersion, and all sorts of things. Definitely, it, they and the rationale and the reason behind that, Mark, if I'm right, is that they are removing the essential elements within yeah. the body, which are actually protecting and starting yeah. the healing process. So you're actually kind of ditching and get rid of the scar tissue. Exactly, you're basically stopping everything, get back to, nat- to naturally, yeah. you're, you're yeah. messing up the natural process mm-hmm. of healing. Yeah, you should minimise that process because our body will often send too much um, re- um, material to repair the area. So you've got a, uh, an over-deposition of scar tissue. So manage it with the cold water and the ice and stuff, but you don't need to stop it, Mark. Yeah. Brilliant. Good. I love that. Reminded me. Morning, da, 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 that's done. Okay, hi, Rich and Mark. I go through the phases of being active and exercising on the treadmill every day. Then I'll go weeks with not wanting to do anything and ending up feeling guilty for it. The problem is I hate cardio, I hate running, it's boring and I hate the feeling afterwards. I'd rather lift weights only. How do you mix cardio with weights? Okay, shall I do this one? Yeah, of course. Fits and starts, first of all, there's a couple of issues here. Fits and starts is, is, is common. And if it's totally going from one extreme to the other and it's causing you to have massive fluctuations and swings in your weight, and when I say massive, anything more than two stone can cause permanent stretching of the skin and permanent damage to the body, then you need to do something about it if it's just a normal uh, fluctuation that we all get in life fine but let's just say you are proper you know all or nothing then literally all i did when i was like that was just try and just do one session a week that was my goal just one session a week and just try and be consistent with that because reversibility is a bitch so if you start training and you build yourself right up then you know yourself um, that you're going to have a couple of weeks where you might feel all right and you've got a few of the benefits to you. But then after that 10, 14, 21, 14 to 21 days especially, you've got a big, huge drop-off and you've got a lot of the benefits will reverse. So that's no fun for anyone. Just doing one maintenance session for half an hour 
will stop all those regressions and all that reversibility. So that's the first thing. Just try and do a minimum of one session a week. And if you hate cardio and you want to mix it in with your weights, all you do is you don't rest very much and you combine exercises. So for example, you do a squat and not rest and then go straight into a shoulder press. So you rest the body part, but you don't rest yourself. And then you go from shoulder press and then you go back to your squats. And then you go from your squats back to your shoulder. You rotate between those two and you do that a few times for maybe a minute each. So it's more like circuit uh, training. So that's how you mix a cardio with, with your weights. Mark? I hate, I hate running as well. Yeah. I can't stand. I mean, I, I, I just do more, more circuit work if I want to do some cardio. That, that, that gets my, my sort of blood pumping. I might do a few sprints as well. That's quite good. Yeah. So that ruins your hamstrings, as I found out. <laughs> yeah, I did my sprints on, on, on Monday, but uh, it's good for your hamstrings in one way, but as you say, it'll put them under a lot of stress. But yeah, running, um, I love it. I'm... Um, you know, it's what I, I can do. I can do running all day, sort of thing. But I don't. And as I've said in the past, my attitude towards endurance work is it shortens your life, it reduces your joints uh, to bits. And I see the consequences of this. Uh, people in just their sixties and seventies, and they they're really struggling because their joints. So look after your joints, is my opinion. And too much uh, road work or cardio or endurance work, you know, can be too much. So just have, just have a little, yes, be able to jog for, for 5K if you had to. But uh, you can get fit enough to do that just through doing other things. You don't have to run to, to get that level of fitness. So that's my thing on running. For all the people who hate it, don't bloody do it. Did you see that study, by the way? I may have mentioned this in the podcast before where they had people who did three or more marathons a year. And they did, did their um, looked at their hearts, and they, uh, they, I think it was about half of them had damage to their heart. Yeah, you know, because it, it it's too much of a stress. Yeah, it's too much stress on the cardiovascular, and it's inflammatory at the level that these guys do it because they run pretty much three to four times a week, and they're never actually recovering. Plus, they undernourish themselves. There's loads of um, contributing factors to the whys and the what falls, but. Quite often, these guys are healthy dieters and all this sort of stuff, and yeah, they're they're running their bodies pretty much down because if you run all the time, you're using more substrates and nutrients within your body. So therefore, you kind of got to eat more, but they don't. Yeah, it's it's amazing what the human body will go through um, and put up with, you know. But um, I I always think would I like, like to look more like Usain Bolt or Mo Farah? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and as I say, it's benefit to being able to jog and, and, and have a bit of cardiovascular fitness, but I'm not sure about the long-term longevity benefits of running. If you're a runner and that's your thing, then, hey, I've got people out there who, you know, they know my thoughts on it, and they are runners, and good luck to them. But that's my thing. I'm trying to live till 100, yeah. Okay, uh, last one, I think, for this episode hi both oh yeah I've seen this one uh, I listened to the special episode last week from the event and it sounded like you had a great night you discussed protein intake and Dr Mark it's actually not Dr Mark everybody's Dr Daniels but we kind of <laughs> Dr uh, Mark suggested that we should eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight I weigh 220 pounds 
90 kilos or something, is it? So that would be a huge amount of protein for me. Dr. Mark also mentioned that actually eating this amount of protein would could make you gain weight. I'm trying to get leaner. So what should I do regarding protein intake? Can I defend myself first? Yes. Basically, it was for lean body mass as well for a start. So if he's 220 pounds and he's overweight, he may only have 140 pounds worth of lean body mass. Yeah, yeah, quite. And if he's trying to lose weight, he probably should take half a, a, a gram per lean body mass. Perfect, yeah. And if you're a lean person and you want to gain weight, you can go up to a gram. But I said, actually, it was, you know, you want to take yeah. per body mass... And it's up to a gram, but if you're overweight, it's a half a gram, basically. Yeah. No, any clarification like- you need, guys, it's always just let us know if there's yeah. anything. And it's good, he's giving it thought, and he's listening to what we, you've said yeah. there. So so yeah. thank you for that, Mark. But, yeah, um, I, for, like, the bodybuilders and stuff, they eat up to two grams yeah. of uh, protein per pound of body weight. And anything from one, one and a half to two is a good intake, as I say. So if you do have the one gram, you know, that's like six chicken breasts a day, big, huge ones as well, you know. But, yeah, as Mark said, just uh, cut it back. And if you want to get leaner, just uh, reduce uh, things back a bit and uh, a bit of intermittent fasting, missing breakfast and these sorts of things. And, you know, it's all going to help the body get rid of that fat. Okay. Thank you, Mark Williamson, 41. Last one, that was there, Mark. So, great. Happy? Yeah, happy. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you for everybody for your continued support. As per usual, we will catch you next time. Bye from me. And bye from me. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.